You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Interstate Batteries has been a proud supporter of the Sportsman's Nation since day one. They offer just about every battery under the sun, from car and truck batteries to batteries for your trail cameras and rangefinders. Select retail locations even offer cell phone repair and cracked screen repair. Find a local retail location at interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ohio Huntsman Podcast. And today's kind of a, a, a little combo episode. We give an update on turkey hunting and then talk about buying land. You know, we've, we've heard a couple uh, stories here recently where, where people's traditional hunting spots are, are getting bought up and things like that. So talk about that a little bit. I also want to put an ask out there. I mentioned this in the episode, but if there's anybody out there that... Uh, would like to come on the podcast and talk to us about turkey hunting to where we can run through a few scenarios that we've experienced this spring talk about what we did right what we did wrong what we should have done differently i think one that that would be helpful to us but i think it would be helpful to you all the listener as well to to kind of run through some some real life scenarios like that so if you consider yourself uh, a turkey pro or or if you just are successful year after year getting a turkey, I would consider that, you know, uh, enough qualification in my book to, to, you know, you obviously know what you're doing. So let us know. Hit us up. You can find us, you know, send us a message on Facebook. Send us a message on Instagram. We're Ohio Huntsman on Facebook. Ohio Huntsman underscore podcast on Instagram. You can email us at ohiohuntsman at gmail.com. There's a contact us form on our website at ohiohuntsman.com. So lots and lots of ways to get in touch with us. So if you're out there, let us know. Before we get into our episode this week... I want to talk about our sponsor, Mastin's Deer Sense. So, Mastin's Deer Scent Company, as the name implies, but they're also in the Predator Scent game now. So, don't think of them as just a deer scent company. If you're looking for Predator Scents, Enhancer Scents, Attractants, those type of things, check them out. Get on their website, mastinsdeersense.com, look around, see what they have to offer. One thing I'll, I'll tell you is I, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised by their prices and their selection. They've got a lot of different things on there. 
way more than just your standard liquid scents. So check them out again, mastonsdeersense.com. Welcome to the Ohio Huntsman Podcast, where three brothers, Jason, Jacob, and Jeff, discuss all things hunting in Ohio. Our goal is to be your source for accurate and reliable hunting news and conservation issues in the great state of Ohio, as well as some fun and interesting conversations along the way. This is the Ohio Huntsman Podcast. Are you listening? All right, so, Jeff, you and I... uh, feels like we just saw each other we we parted ways yesterday and now today we're we're here reporting a, re- reporting recording a podcast and jake it's been a little little while but uh jeff and i were at the cabin down in southern ohio this weekend on a sort of a combo turkey hunting slash uh family weekend so i brought the wife and daughter down there jeff brought his wife down and we turkey hunted the mornings basically and then you know hung out with the family in the evening jeff you did go sit for a little bit saturday evening yeah uh all in all it was a good weekend weather was great we uh did some work on trying to control the mice in the cabin so hopefully i think Dan, one of the other guys that uh, we share the cabin with, is supposed to go down with his wife this weekend. Hopefully, he's got a bunch of mice and traps when he gets down there. So, but uh, Jake, you haven't you've you've heard bits and pieces through text throughout the day about you know how the the turkey weekend went, but uh, you haven't heard the whole story. So, I guess that my plan was to kind of tell you and and through virtue of telling you tell the audience about how our our turkey weekend went and then we thought we would kind of transition into talking about losing permission on your spots you know basically we've been kind of hearing a lot about that recently so i guess turkey so saturday well friday we all drove down there friday you know after work whatever drove down friday Saturday, Jeff and I got up and, you know, we usually at the cabin have a big breakfast and go out and hunt, but with the family there sleeping, it's a big one room cabin. Jeff and I just planned on grabbing some bars or something and, and, uh, heading out to hunt. So we got up and at it and went out and my, well, I will say this turkeys do gobble late season, at least Southern Ohio. That So this would, would have been the second to last weekend of season. This coming weekend will be the last weekend. And we did hear Goblin. So that was good. Um, but Saturday for me wasn't, you know, I never really got close. I didn't see any turkeys. Jeff, I don't know how, your Saturday, anything worthy of noting? Uh, I mean, no, not really. I, I almost got attacked by a dog and a, almost got attacked by a skunk. Oh, well, that's that right. Yeah. More of a I haven't heard either one of those story. stories. Well, okay. I'll, t- I'll tell those stories real quick. <laughs> uh, so I was walking down the road to go down to public land, national in forest. In the dark, right? Was this his in, first yeah. thing? Yeah. First thing in the morning, 
I'm going up, you know, to the National Forest. And, uh, you know, on this road, there's not many houses, not many people live on there, you know, on the road. I'm walking down the road and from one of the houses, you know, down the road, I see this dog come out and it's barking at me. And, you know, as I kind of get a little closer, it's coming closer to, you know, to the road. So I decide, all right, I'm not messing with this. I'm going to cut off the road. You know, I've made it to public land. I'm going to cut off the road and I'm going to go up and there's a power line that runs. I'm just going to run, walk this power line that runs basically parallel the road. It's 10, 20 yards off the road. I'm just going to walk that power line to the section of National Forest I want to be in. So I start walking that power line and the dog goes quiet. So I'm like, okay, you know, I'm out of sight, out of mind for that dog. Well, all of a sudden I hear something, you know, like huffing basically coming up behind me. So I whip around and this dog's coming after me, basically. He's coming up behind me. So I turn around and I put the gun down like in front of like, you know, across my body, you know, like diagonal. And I yell at this dog. You know, I'm, hey, go home, you know. And it stopped in its tracks and turned around and ran off. Must have got your scary voice out. Yeah, I I mean, (laughs) it it was a real situation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a real situation. You know, it it was uh, last second before basically that dog was going to be to me. And I, I was hoping I could get my gun in between it and me. Yeah. But it was a it was a real. It was go time. Yeah. So I yelled at it. Like you said, it's a big, I think it's like a big white Pyrenees or something like that, maybe. Yeah, I think think it's a great Pyrenees. Okay, yeah. I think it's a big white dog. Polar bear looking type thing. I'm familiar (laughs) with the dog now. I never knew that dog to be aggressive. Yeah. I've only ever seen it riding in his truck with him. I mean, I've driven by and it's been outside and. It's not very smart. It runs up to the road and you have to stop and you'd run it over otherwise. But I never knew it. Apparently it's aggressive to strange guys in camo in the wee wee hours of the morning. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Duly noted. I I get up to the spot that I'm going to start the morning at and I sit down. And I mean, it's five minutes after I sit down, I see a skunk. And, you know, it's like, oh, cool, there's a skunk over there and whatever. Well, it starts kind of coming towards me, coming towards me. And like it gets to the point where it's too close, you know, so I'm going to, you know, kind of wave my arms, try to scare it off. And it is looking at me like, "Eh, that's weird, you know. So then I stand up, 
you know, and I'm waving my arms to kind of scare it off, you know. I'm I'm stand, stood up like, you know, trying to scare the thing away. Uh, I get out my phone to, you know, record it, and it just keeps coming closer and closer. And eventually, I just had to run away like a little girl. <laughs> I mean, it, it just, I, it got to the point where it was under 10 yards from me, coming right at me. It knew I was there. And, yeah, I just had That's... to run away. That would have been a real smelly situation otherwise. Yeah. yeah. So, so Jeff's telling, you know, oh yeah, I saw a skunk had a, you know, I got chased off by a skunk and then he gets the video out and no joke. I mean, he's got, you know, cell phone video don't take that great a video, but you could see plain as day. There's a skunk right there. And Je- wow. I don't know, Jeff, you were saying something to it and it flags its tail up, you know, and it's like, oh man, like this is not good. And so, yeah, yeah, you can see in the video, Jeff's backing away, like, go on, go on, get. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, I was. That would have been more bad. You get sprayed by I... a skunk down there. There ain't no yeah. way to clean up. Right. Yeah. I was oh, yelling geez. at this thing and it didn't care. I eventually just had to leave, walk away. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's a fight you don't want to pick. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, so I guess for me, the most eventful thing, I was, uh, I, you know, you guys know, I don't know if this happens to you, like the first night at the cabin, I never sleep good. And so, you know, I, I remember laying there looking at my watch and it was at least 11 and, you know, just didn't sleep good. So, you know, you get up at five or whatever time we got up and, you know, sun comes up, warms up down there and you, you know feeling a little sleepy. So I was going to lay down and take a little snoozer, a little half hour, 45 minute siesta. And I, I heard some, some, uh, the telltale hum of a hummingbird. And I saw a hummingbird buzzing through the pines where I was laying down, but that was, uh, I guess the most eventful, uh, the most eventful part of, uh, my Saturday. So I guess Saturday after that, after my little nap, I, I went up the hill and I found a bunch of turkey sign, a bunch of scratch and freshly turned over leaves. But, it, you know, it was I set up there for a little bit and. Lo and behold, Jeff walked up on me, you know, I don't know, 45 minutes later or something. And we walked out together and, you know, time for lunch. But I told Jeff, I said, I, you know, all turkey season, I've been chasing gobbles around. You know, you you hear these turkey researchers and stuff say like, you know, if a turkey hears you making hen sounds like he they're real good at triangulating where you're at. So he knows where you're at. And at some point throughout the day, he's probably going to come check the area out, whether or not he's gobbling all the way in or whatever. So I told Jeff, I've been chasing gobbles all season and never even really come close. So I'm just going to go up there in all that scratching and I'm going to sit down first thing in the morning and I'm just going to call a little bit on and off and I'm just going to sit and let them wander their way to me. So it was kind of, it was, I mean, rain is a strong word. It, it was raining. I mean, but it wasn't like a drenching rain or anything. Um, when we got up, so anywho walked up there, you know, it was an overcast morning. I, 
I want to say like 6.30, I made some calls and had a, had a turkey respond to me. I'm on, so the, the, the road down there basically runs in, in this section, runs east and west. And then you've got, <clears throat> for, for listeners' sake, like off of the road, you got big hollows that run back north and south, you know, sort of perpendicular to the road. I'm on the south side of the road, almost all the way up on top, kind of out on this point. And I, I got a, this turkey's goblin responding to my calls on the north side of the road. Sounds like out on another point across from me, somewhere over there. And I said, okay, you know, here's my plan. He knows I'm here. He's responded to me a couple times. I'm going to sit. Well, <clears throat> I'll say set, I, like around seven o'clock, that turkey's goblin. I can hear turkeys off in the distance goblin. Like from seven to seven thirty, I'm just hearing goblin. You know, there's over this way, over that way. I mean, but then there's this one that's close. I mean, it's it's just to the north of me. He's goblin, goblin, and I'll call a little bit and he'll gobble, and but he's never getting any close. He did drift kind of from uh, what would be like east to west, my, you know, if I'm looking north from my right over to the left. And so finally, you know, because I had told Jeff, like, I'm just going to, you know, you can do what you want. I'm just going to sit. I finally texted Jeff and said, I can't take it anymore. This gob, you know, he's gobbling his face off. I'm going to, I got to go down there and, you know, go over there and see if I can do something. So I head down the hill <clears throat> and what I had been doing in the past was, you know, like, okay, I hear a gobble, you know, one gobble over that way I'm going. And I wouldn't gobble until I got like, or I wouldn't make any turkey sounds until I felt like I was kind of in his zone for fear of him, like coming to me before I was ready or in a spot to kill him, you know? So, but this time I was like, well that, you know, I hear one gobble, I start going that way and then I never hear him again. So this time I got down to the bottom of the hill to the top of this section of pines, which is basically in the bottom. I make a few calls. He responds. And I, I couldn't tell if he was on the, cause the mouth of this hollow is narrow right there. I couldn't tell if he was on the left or the right side. I, I thought he was on the right and I wasn't like, I didn't want to go straight up the, this point to him because it, it's, pretty open in there and I'm like I don't you know I don't not, I don't know how I'm going to make that work I was thinking I was going to have to loop all the way around the back of this bowl so I go up on the left and there's a there's an oil tank up there and an old pump jack so it's an a clearing you know field I said I'm going to go up there and make some sound and see you know see what happens I call up there nothing I thought well I've, I've, that, now I don't know where he's at so I looped around the other side and thought, well, I guess, you know, I think he's on the right. I'm just going to go up the right and start making sound, you know, and maybe he'll come down to me and I'll set down somewhere and, you know, maybe this will work out. So I, I get up kind of to where the, it kind of flattens the first little area where it flattens out. I sat down and <clears throat> I make a few calls, nothing. And I thought, well, I guess I'm going to sit here and maybe he'll, he'll just gobble on his own again. And sure enough, a few minutes later, 
he gobbles again, and now I know exactly where he's at. He's up, you know, you listeners, you've heard us talk about there's a there's an old graveyard up there on top of the hill. It's on the left side, or what would be the west side of this hollow that runs north to south. So he's up by this graveyard. So I go back around to that oil tank flat because there's a there's an old four-wheeler path that runs up into this hay field up there. It's it's pretty overgrown, but you can still find it and follow it. And I wasn't sure if he was out in the field or if he's up in the gra- or where exactly. So I get up close to where I'm, you know, I can start to see out in the field and I creep real slow out into the field. Nothing. They're not out in the field. This field, as you go up the field edge, you get about halfway up the hill and the, the, the field jogs over to the right and it goes over another, I don't know, what'd you say? Another 40 yards from that corner there, you guys over to yeah. the woods again? Probably. Yeah. 30, 40 yeah. yards, something like that. Yeah. So I'm on that corner and gobble in the woods, but it's a bow, bow. There's two of them. They gobble on top of each other and they're right there below the graveyard, probably, I would say I'm 60 to 80 yards from them, but it's but all thick. I can't see them. So I throw my decoy in, in the ground there below that, that, cause I didn't want to put the decoy out in the field to where they could just come up there where I can't see them, but they can see the decoy. So I kind of come down off of that edge a little bit to where they're going to have to come over that that roll in the field to look down into the lower part of the field, throw my decoy in the ground and I tuck back in the brush. And once I get set up, nothing, they go totally silent. I never hear another peep from them. The rest of the morning I hung out in the area, you know, making Turkey sounds for another, I don't know, hour or something. And never heard from him again. So I don't, whatever I did, I don't know. I don't know if they didn't, if they didn't like what I said to him in, in Turkey language or <clears throat> if I called too loud and they were like, whoa, where did she come from? Or I don't, I don't know. When I sat down, oh. I did, I did crack a stick. Like, I, you know, I got the pad that's on my vest mm-hmm. and, I, you know, so it did kind of pop against that pad, which was a little bit. It wasn't just a stick breaking, you know, it was kind of like pressed up against that pad. And so it was a little bit different sound. So maybe that freaked them out. I don't know, but. Well, I can start with, I can guarantee one of those was the bird that saw me. So it was probably already educated if that's something you believe in. Yeah. Um, Cause that's where I, I was, I had this first time I've heard your story. So I was trying to put the pieces together because I know the land down there and where you're at. And as soon as you told me, as soon as you said you went up into where that old oil pump jack was, that, I could have told you right where that turkey was because I, I chased the same turkey when I was down there. Mm. And I did the same thing you did trying to go up through that path up around into the field. And they, I, I didn't get that close that time though. I heard him over there and I went and circled around and then I never heard from him. So I, I don't know. 
don't know. They're up there. They always live up there. But. All right. We need to take a quick break here and talk about our sponsor, Monster Whitetail Grub. So we're, we're well into fawn season and antler growth has started happening. So mineral is a, is a great thing to have out right now. There's a lot of food out. Some people like to run feed all year round just to keep deer on your property. So, so that's another thing you can look at. And Monster Whitetail Grub has what you need for all of that stuff. They've got their signature Monster Whitetail Grub feed. It's a high protein feed. It's got the mineral that I just talked about. It's mixed right into the feed. So even after the physical feed is gone, that mineral has worked down into the dirt and the deer keep coming back. They have just straight mineral, like powder mineral, or you can get flavored um, flavored corn. So it takes corn and steps it up a notch. So lots of cool options. Go to ohiohuntsman.com sponsors. You'll find a link there to get in touch with them. There may be a retail location near you where, where they carry the product. If not, you can order direct from Monster Whitetail Grub. So with that, let's get back into the conversation. Yeah, the, 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 the thing I'm struggling with, <laughs> with uh, turkey hunting recently is like, you know, I, I've been having encounters, if you will, but without somebody that like knows turkey hunting to bounce this scenario off of, it's like, I don't know what I did wrong to learn from it, you know, to like, you know, what, what should I have done differently to make that end differently? And and I, you know, you know, I get that they're wild animals and sometimes they're just not going to do what you want them to. And nobody really knows what they're thinking, but. It's like, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm trying, uh, but I don't know, I don't know what I did or what I should have done for next right. time. You know, maybe I should have stayed change. down in that, that opening down there where the tank was and just called and let them eventually work their way down. You know, I don't know, but yeah, I mean, I would assume that's pretty thick coming down through there, but I would assume there's a way to get down there. I've seen turkey tracks down by the tank. Yeah. So they probably have a way down through there that's not as thick. But then, like you said, it, but then you also hear people say turkey won't go through, you know, if they get hung up on a tree that fell down. Like they just don't, they can't figure it out. So I don't, I don't know. I'm the same way, I guess, kind of. I mean, I know from my first experience I had this season, which was on a previous episode, like I know what I did wrong that time. I can fix that. But all the other turkey hunting I did was similar kind of to what you said. You hear a gobble, you go after it, and then it's gone. It's like, well, what did I do? How do I, what I do different, what I do wrong? Yeah. It certainly isn't, uh, at least for us and those birds down there, it's not as, I want to say turkey hunting is easy because it's not, obviously, but it's not as easy as they make you think. <laughs> yeah. See all these people that are just like, oh, yeah, we located a bird, set up on it, blast it. Yeah. Well, that's not quite so, how it works down there. I don't know if it's a terrain thing or I don't know, but those, it's just not that easy. 
Yeah. Well, so I, what I was going to say is if there's anybody out there listening or you know anybody that, you know, is a is a turkey nut, has hunted hill country turkeys and wants to critique our <laughs> critique our technique, uh, I'd be happy to talk to him on the podcast. But so that was uh, that's probably it. Well, that is it for me for turkey season, spring turkey season this year. Next weekend, like I said, is the, the last weekend of season, and wife and I are actually going to be out of town, so there'll be no turkey hunting. Jake, you've got, I think you're probably going to be the last one to do, well, I don't know, Jeff's yeah, plans. But. Jeff's, yeah, Jeff probably yeah. go out in his backyard um, a little bit, but I, I have... Uh, yeah a hunt planned out at our grandparents' farm Friday morning. I'm going to go out Thursday night, spend the night, and hunt the morning until my wife brings our son out to spend the morning with grandma, and then we got to come back and pick our daughter up from school. So I'll only get that morning hunt from sun up to noon probably or whenever they get there, you know, 10, 11 o'clock. Yeah, it's kind of, but we'll see. I mean, there's in the past, it's, I'm going in blind in the past. There's been big flocks of Turkey that we've come across during different hunts out there. Um, so I know that in the past there's been Turkey, but I haven't been out there to scout or, you know, listen. I, I, you know, I call grandma and she says she hears Turkey, but who knows? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> if they're yeah, really so, on property, so what's your hunt. what's your strategy? You're gonna go behind the house, or because I don't know if they're yeah, because yeah, as I was gonna say, I don't know, like if you're behind the house all the way in those woods listening, and there's a turkey on the other end of the farm. I don't, I don't know that you would. I think you could hear it. Yeah, I mean it's pretty flat, but I don't. Yeah, it's a long. If way. there's any kind of wind or anything, I don't know that. Right. I don't know that you would hear it from there. But yeah, my plan is to go back behind the house and, you know, it's a big open field. So I plan on going back there under the cover of darkness and starting on the edge there and hope I can get one. Cause I mean, hope I can get one fired up early and then I'll have a tunnel. I mean, they're either there or they're not. I don't have a ton of woods back there to work with. Yeah. Uh, so I'll give that the old college try and if that comes up empty for the first you know hour i don't hear anything i'll probably pack it up and run to the other side of the road and see if i can it's all going to be pretty rushed and blind so we'll see but we'll see yeah because that other i haven't been out there to the other side of the farm this year where the neighboring property timbered was that last summer yeah, I think so. So that, I mean, that might be a pretty good area for turkeys, right? With like new, because they, they, they didn't do a clear cut, but they, I mean, they opened up the canopy a lot. They left a few trees in there, but there's going to be a lot of like yeah, fresh vegetation in there. It's going to yeah. turn into a mess is what it's going to do, unless they manage it. I mean, it's going to be all kinds of new growth and it's going to get pretty thick pretty quick i would imagine 
the problem is going to be getting them across the fence there because there's a fence. That, yeah. That, that's the hard part there. So. Yeah. But we'll see. Got to hear one first and then I'll. Yeah. Give it the old college try. Yeah. If I don't hear so, them, I'm not a good turkey hunter, no matter if I do hear them. But if I don't hear them, I'm really not a good turkey hunter. <laughs> so, yeah. They don't gobble. I don't, I don't stand a chance. So, yeah, that's that's been our, uh, or I guess, an update on our, our latest turkey hunting adventures. So, the other thing, like I said at the beginning, we wanted to talk about was, um, I guess just thinking about your hunting property, especially if you don't own it, right? And like having a backup plan or multiple properties, because we've been, we've been hearing, you know, right now I'm sure people are aware, like, and I guess I don't know so much about like, the raw land market but like housing market and so i i'm assuming sort of by association the the land market is hot right now it's been hot for a while houses are selling for more than asking price and it's a good time to be a seller right now if you're selling a house and and like i said I'm, i'm assuming to some extent land as well I don't, I haven't heard that specifically, but, you know, we've been hearing or seeing things on online where, where, you know, people's hunting property is getting sold or they're losing their lease or things like that. So we kind of wanted to, to touch on that, I guess, today, um, sort of as a, I guess (laughs) maybe a, a, uh, public service announcement or, or, you know, just to kind of get it on your radar, maybe as, as something to be thinking about. I know, you know, we've talked in the past about how we went from hunting a, a, a block of ground down at the cabin. We were just historically allowed to hunt that property got sold. And then we had to start paying a hunting lease to continue to, to hunt that property. So Jeff, Jake, any, anything you guys want to add or, or anything specific you want to touch on, on this one? Just be prepared. I mean, cause I, I know a lot of the, I mean, some of the places that I have permission to hunt, you know, uh, people are, you know, cause there's a lot of new construction for homes and it's, while I can still hunt there, now there's a house, you know, right, right, you know, within eyesight. Or, you know, I can no longer really shoot that direction because what used to be, you know, a open field is now houses. Right. So, you know, even if you do own the land, you know, you might want to be cognizant of what's, happening around you yeah that's a good point because like you know most of ohio is smaller chunks of ground you know and so if you're in one of those situations where oh i own it but if everything around you sort of gets developed or you know a a, um 
you know, Ryan Holmes buys up a bunch of acres and starts putting cul-de-sacs and, and developments in, now all of a sudden, you know, what was, you know, your property butted up to other woods or other fields is now like just a hunk of woods that is surrounded by houses. Right. Yeah. That's my ultimate fear with my property where I'm building, you know, I have 14 acres, which is by no means a massive chunk of land, but it's plenty of land to hunt on. Um, and the nice thing is that, you know, on the backside of my property, butts up against a few hundred acres of ag field. And at this point it's ag field, but if, like you said, Ryan Holmes were to come in and swoop that up, all of a sudden I have a Ryan Holmes development behind my property and the only woods are my woods, yeah. which, you know, might hold a deer or two, but it's certainly not going to hold, you know, right now there's another chunk of woods across the field that the deer, you know, kind of come from that chunk to my chunk through that field. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, things can change very quickly, I guess we'll say with properties, permissions, um, you know, so maybe like you said, kind of try to see the future, try to see forward. And if possible, if you have the resources or the means, uh, try to lock any and all land you can in for you and future generations. Um, you know, whether that's putting a little bit away every check to be able to buy land, whether that's, you, know, you just can't trust that Sally up the street, who's always let you hunt their farm. When Sally goes to meet her maker, that her kids are going to keep that a farm. Right. You know, it's unfortunately that with all the developing and the crazy housing market, especially right now, which I'm sure will, you know, go, the housing market goes in waves. So this will probably pass and there'll be a lull where there's not as much building and buying and whatever. But it's, uh, you know, I have a hard time believing we're ever going to get more hunting land. Mm -hmm. So do whatever you can to preserve what you have. And I wouldn't just trust that the farm down the street that your dad had permission on that. Now you have permission on that. Your kids will be able to, you know, continue that because the farm, fortunately the big open spaces are becoming less and less in yeah. this area, especially. I mean, and if you do own something like, you know, like let's say Jake's situation where you own 14 acres, 25 acres, you know, maybe be thinking about, Oh, if, such and such farm to the north or, or, you know, if that ever goes up for sale, like I need to be in a position to make a move on it. You know, right. if, if that's something that's financially, you know, to Jake's point, like be chunking some money away so that when, and if that property does go on the market, you're not scrambling to try to, you know, not, lose your hunting spot or, or not have your hunting spot ruined because, you know, they're going to put a development in there, you know, be ready to, 
be ready to to move, I guess, you know, or 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 at least be thinking about it and putting some money away. And if maybe that specific spot doesn't, you know, because if a housing development comes in, like they got big dollars, right? And so if you're trying to get yeah. a deal on it, and housing development is, you know, adding zeros to, to your offer, right? You know, you're not going to win that bidding war, but you've been chunking money away and well, this, this spot's kind of burned now. Maybe I can get a deer off of it a year, but I've got this chunk of money that I can put down on another piece of property across town or one County over or something where maybe stuff's a little more affordable or, you know, just be thinking about that kind of stuff. I mean, Jake, in your situation, yeah. I mean, cause you're in a, you know, a, an area that's probably set to boom here. If they do want to sell that to a developer, I mean, you know, I'm sure a developer would be interested in that might right. not be in your budget, but what's on the other side of the road? Like, could there be some sort of habitat over there that you could maybe getting, get deer coming from the other side of the street? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right across the street from me is actually a drive-in movie theater that so they they own that land and there is a chunk of woods there that kind of okay encompasses the parking area for the theater you know the cars the theater the way it's set up they face away from my property basically and the screens are set up away from me so if i got up high enough above the trees i could watch free movies uh, <laughs> <laughs> but so there is a little bit of trees there that also would hold, you know, a little bit, but it's, so I think there'll always be deer assuming that again, that theater doesn't yeah. go and you know, whatever, but, um, you know, there'll be deer, but I don't, I don't know what the future would hold in terms of the number of deer, you know, like right now I have a bunch of does and i'm trying to make it so that i can start getting some bucks of significance but time money resources and hunting pressure all impact that so but yeah. if that field were to go into orion homes development or whatever development you know they, even if they chunked it off into a bunch of two three acre pieces and built you know there's different models or styles sure. either yeah. way fields no longer a field it would seclude that other chunk of woods from them crossing um so it's a little bit i don't know a little bit different situation because that field behind me is family owned and part of the family lives right there so i you know i maybe wouldn't be as likely for them to just up and it's, I think it's two brothers that own it, and one of the brothers' sons lives right there behind where I am building. Yeah. Uh, so for the foreseeable future, they they probably right. don't want to have a a giant right. development housing development in their backyard. Right. Um, as much as they can control that, but I yeah. don't know what's going to happen when the two brothers, you know, because the family that lives there is 
close in age to me so they're you know their dad's probably in their 60s or 70s so in the next 20 years those two brothers probably won't be around any, you know what i mean so yeah um i don't know what happens then i don't know well so, and, but that's and, something that's been on my mind is you know and i've started i haven't started actually doing it but i've thought about the idea of like hey i need to start chunking money away so that if and when this guy ever wants to sell this i can at least get some of it right yeah you yeah know, even i mean dad's cool dealing thing, with it snag right, some of it or ask him to divide some off or whatever right yeah and dad's dealing with it in a you know sort of similar way in that he doesn't have a ton of ground he, he's got four four and a half acres or something like that but it's all surrounded like you know on the just for ease of of conversation we'll say on the left side of his his property is a ag field behind him is like a big marshy kind of wet bottom area like the the i don't know what would you guys say the back 25 percent of his property is like you know, yeah sits wet most of the year trees don't really grow back there it's like marsh grasses and yeah. canary grasses it's, and stuff that grows right yeah it's yeah. not wetlands enough to like hold duck back there or like waterfowl but yeah it's always wet yeah and so behind that is is another property that, you know, I think would be hard to develop or put a house on because it, I mean, I, I don't know, nothing's impossible, I guess, but, um, because it is so wet and then past that is owned by the parks or something. It's like a, like a bird sanctuary or something, isn't it? There's a tiny strip that is a bird sanctuary. It's oh. not very big. Okay. And then behind that, on the other side of that, is it? It's still pretty wet woods. It's swampy, but there there is a house back there. You know, people okay. own that property and have their house all the way in the back of their property, and you know, but yeah, it's it's wet woods. It would be hard to develop much of that. Yeah. So, but that farm field right next to his property just got bought and it looks like somebody's going to build a house. They've, they've put a, you know, the, the property next to dad's and dad's, you know, it kind of runs back and then it starts going downhill into this swampy area and they've run a driveway back to the high point basically before it starts dropping down into this wet bottom area. And it looks like they're going to, build a house right there which is basically in dad's backyard and he used to go down and kind of sit on the corner of this field you know in in his property or whatever but he would sit there and and deer hunt and wait for deer to come you know come by and that's uh, you know i don't know with a house there it depends on what they end up doing what their plans are but that's going to that's going to change that, you know. I mean, 
dad never hunted back there when we were kids, but as he got older, I, you know, I think, uh, it's kind of a convenient way for him to spend an evening, I guess. I think after I went back there and actually was shooting deer, you know, I don't think dad thought it was all that possible until I started doing it. And then it's like, heck, if I can just sit in my backyard and shoot deer, I'm going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, another example, I guess, of uh, something getting bought up and something that you have been hunting, you know, changing. So I guess we just wanted to to talk about it, get you thinking about it. You know, if you're in a group or in a situation where, you know, with one one sale of one property or one sale of a neighboring property or, or something like that would dramatically change your, your hunting. Be thinking about it, I guess, you know, making plans for when and if that ever does happen, having multiple properties to where if one goes away, you're not like, well, crud, where am I going to hunt this fall? You know, I mean, um, just be thinking about that. Anything else you guys uh, think we should touch on on that? No. Okay. So I think that was uh, that was it for this week. Just uh, an update on on the turkey hunt, and uh, just wanted to talk about you know thinking about thinking about your future and, and your future hunting properties and and things like that. So, and there's always public to turn to. I mean, it's, it's always an option. It's always there. It's not always right out your back door or, you know, well, right around the and corner. And I guess that's another thing though, is don't, don't always think that that public's going to be there because, you know, past couple of years have proven that that, you know, even public land is in a certainty. Yeah. So that's true. All right, that's it for this week. Hopefully you all had a good turkey season. Hopefully it was successful. At the very least, hopefully you got some some time to spend out in the woods this spring and uh, enjoy Mother Nature. Enjoy the goblin. Hopefully you know you at least heard some birds goblin and you enjoyed your your spring. We uh, seems like we went straight from sort of rainy wet spring to temperatures in the 80s and and very little rain here recently for us so uh feels very much like summer already so we'll see what the next uh month or so has in store but hopefully you've got uh big plans for the summer and hopefully you take us along with you in in your earbuds in your car whatever and uh, continue to listen. So I appreciate all of you out there who are listening week after week. That that really, really means a lot to us. And thank you. So with that, I will let you all get back to your, your day, your week, whatever it is you're up to. And as always, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. <laughs>